Welcome back to the Stabcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Mindy. And we're here to talk about an old favorite that we reviewed a while back, like three, four years ago when we first started this thing, or two, three years ago, whatever. Uh, Final Destination 3. Yeah, and the reason we're doing this is because it's Daniel's birthday weekend, so he got to pick the movie, and I told him he could choose one even if we've already done it. <laughs> I'm excited to be here to do this again uh, because you know we talked about it when we were you know we were pretty fucking new to podcasting and I've seen this a couple times since there's a couple of things I, I'd like to to touch on that I don't even remember that fucking episode so it'll be nice to talk about it again and then you know slowly bring in and review some of the other ones yeah I mean this was your this was your favorite of course and then my favorite of the old ones has always been the first one yeah and then when the fifth one came out 10 years ago I loved that you loved it I loved it I really did Daniel was like this is ass cheeks it's a fucking prequel and I was like it makes so much sense though because, like, all of a sudden, Tony Todd's back. And it's like, whoa, 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 what the, what the fuck? Why is he there? What the fuck? <laughs> and then you find out, like, slowly that it's, like, a prequel and it makes more sense. Like, oh, that's why this person's in it. That's why this person's in it. Yeah, it makes a little more sense. Yeah. I agree with you. Wholeheartedly. So, yeah. So, uh, for those of you that did not watch the TikTok last night, we did end up going to Sleepy Hollow in Newtown, Pennsylvania. If you guys are out near that way, make sure you drop by there. It was amazing. It was so much fun. They did a great job. Uh, we, we had a lot of fun in the haunted house. Uh, it was It was a good time. It was a blast. So. Yeah, it really, it really was. So if Couldn't you're in that area, definitely go house. check that out. Couldn't really do phones for the haunted house, so we didn't get. We got a little TikTok live, you know, out in yeah. the in the party area. But it was fun. It was a blast. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we did it. Um. So yeah, as you guys also know, we did not do Exorcist Believer yet. Um, I'm waiting for, waiting for that. So also, Daniel, I'm a dumbass. What? Remember how I told you that when we were meeting the other day, I told you that Pet Cemetery, uh, Pet Cemetery had another one coming out? Yes. I didn't put, I didn't put two and two together and realize that I was looking at one that was just coming out. Oh, Yeah. So it's actually on Paramount Plus right now. It's, it's called uh, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. And that's a shitty bot. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I can't say, guys, whether I think it's good or bad because I hated the remake so much. Yeah. So I can't really say whether or not. I would like this or whether or not who would like this. I mean, I really, I don't know. It's all up to what they decide to do with it. Because I don't even, the only thing that I know right now is that it's supposed to be like a prequel story. It could be a big barrel of butt cheeks. Well, exactly, because they're going to focus back on uh, that Judd Kramer or whatever. 
Yeah. And um, I think that that, I don't think that's the right way for them to go. I think they should be going forward, not backwards, but whatever. That's what they decide to do. That's what they decide to do. Also, in other horror news, um, we do plan on next week watching Five Nights at Freddy's. That's probably going to be the one that we'll review. Yeah. That's not sweet because of the sole reason that Matthew Lillard is in this movie. <laughs> and he's, he's one of our favorites on here, so we, we have to. Oh, Betty, but. All right, Danielle, let's. Let's get into this. Why do you, why did you love this movie so much? Because like this movie, I actually looked it up. It came out in what two thousand five. Yes. So you were seven. Well, no, in two thousand six. How? <laughs> so oh, two thousand six. So you were eight. Yeah, I was eight years old, a little guy, and I specifically remember too because it wasn't like far because like the DVD release that's what got me in the trailer and because. And it's funny to like link like what age, like when, and to all the uh, super massive games like you and me play, like the Quarry, and I like the Telltale. I've always been a choose your own adventure guy, and I remember seeing the commercial for the DVD of like you can choose who lives and dies. And as a kid, even at eight, I was like, that's fucking sick. I probably shouldn't have thought that at eight, but I did. And uh, yeah, so that's why I wanted to get the DVD. And we, I remember renting it because that's when renting it was a big, a big deal. And I don't know if it was Sunsplash or what it was at our local, in our little, you know, post town. I think we got our horror stuff for a really long time from Niagara Video, and I know Niagara Video closed a year before I left home. No, and when I left video. home, I was twenty. Yeah, I think it was Family Video. Family Video, new fan. You remember? You and me would walk there. Video. No, that was the one in uh that remember the remember various video stores now none of them exist because of streaming. Mm-hmm. That shit's crazy. But no, I was family video and new fan. You and me would walk up there and you would buy me a piece of candy. I know we'd walk to Sunsplash. Well, we do some, but Family Video was farther down. Remember, it was farther. Yeah, like it was a, little thing I just could have sworn it had yeah. that. I I I just could have sworn it was. Niagara or something. Oh, okay. But yeah, that shit was sick. I loved it. Uh, and I would love going yeah, in there and get a new movie. Or, it was always fun. Yep, every Friday night, me and you and our friends that we basically shared would always walk down to the movie store. And our rule was, I remember our rule, our rule was if you didn't come with us, then you had no right to bitch over how scary the movie was. Exactly. Because I remember the one time, I think we got, I think we got like Boogeyman 2. And I can't remember which one of our friends threw a fit, but one of our friends threw a fit. And, dude, you didn't come to pick out the movie with us. You don't get to bitch about the movie. Yeah, you had a big bag of cocks. That's what you basically said. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah, I heard him. But, yes, so this is one of those movies where you kind of wanted the DVD. The DVD was kind of the experience. It, it was then. to a degree. And, and some of the extra lines they shot are like the extra scenes they shot were cool but looking back and like watching that little youtube video on it and stuff it did seem kind of schlocky like it just seemed like another like oh, a yeah, it was corny it was a little more maker but like i thought it was the most badass thing in the world when i was a kid but it was like kind of an added on thing they just like hey let's have this guy live and see if that would work but also you weren't when you were a kid that's when dvd add-ons started to become popular yeah that i mean they, yeah around that time yeah so I mean, we had those with Harry Potter and uh, quite a quite a other few DVDs that I've had that had like interactive experience kind of thing. 
But, I mean, Danielle would literally, guys, Danielle would literally sit in front of our TV for hours and do different scenarios and shit. I remember the one time you got almost every single one of them saved. But then you killed Wendy. And then you killed Wendy. And the thing is, is Wendy's my fucking favorite. Uh, that that's why. And when you say, "Why do you like this so much?" and uh, you would attribute it more to me being a fanboy as a kid of Ryan Merriman, but it actually I have the two, two of the actors in this deal, and the two lead actors are like two of my favorites because I do like Mary Elizabeth Winstead a lot as well, and because like around. Well, the time, I forgot like, that you really did like her. Yeah, she was a favorite of mine. She was the, and it was a couple years later, but she was the girl, the love interest in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. One of my underrated favorites because I think that's Michael Sarah's best performance. She was Bruce Willis's daughter in Live Free or Die Hard, and that was one of my favorite action movies when I was younger. So she did. She's she also the Black Vampire Hunter. She's been in some. Oh, shows. Yeah, she was the chick in Sky High. She was like one of the bad guys, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was the bad guy. She was in the 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes, she was. She was in that as well. In her superhero deal when she was the Huntress in, in Birds of Prey. So she's done a lot of cool shit. I think she's a great actress. And uh, her and Merriman were great together. Exactly. And especially from her coming from a realm where, like, girls like her were made fun of. Because, like, let's take, like, Black, Black Christmas food for instance. That came out a year after this did. It was in 2006. They had some pretty talented actresses, but all of them ended up being duds except for her. Yeah, that's true. And I think Blake Lively was in it. I don't remember Blake Lively really for her performances in movies. I just remember her because she's Ryan Reynolds for white. Yeah, I, I feel bad, but I was I was one of those 2090s kids that didn't watch Gossip Girl. Yeah. Now, did I love her in the one movie she did with Anne Hathaway? Um, a Simple Plan, absolute. A Simple Favor, absolutely. I thought that movie was absolutely entertaining, entertaining, comedic, edgy, suspenseful. All of the above, but that's more so what I remember her for. <clears throat> Weird now to look back on roles that people did like earlier in their lives because, like, you get to see a whole nother faction of their acting. Yeah, I agree. Like, did they start off really good, or did they start off rocky? They start off a little rocky. A little rocky. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yes, so, um, well, basically, go ahead, Daniel. Well, I mean, to set the scene for this one, unless you, you were about to set the scene, so I'll let you set it. Because we have reviewed this before, but I do want to kind of give – everybody knows Final Destination – First of all, this one made a lot of money. Let's not forget, this kind of kept up the tradition. It was only $25 million, which is pretty cool for the effects used, and it made 118 So this franchise yeah. continues to grow. Yeah, James Wong did a really good job on this one, and they did a very, very good job on this one with the whole, like, fate yeah. kind of scenario. And I agree, yeah. Because of the whole amusement park thing. So they really tuned in to the whole, like, crystal ball, psychic, that that kind of mumbo-jumbo. And, like, for once, death was actually seen as a presence, actually. That not only did we, as people watching it saw like because I mean you could fight me that like yeah he it was the presence was kind of shown in the first and second and it was but I believe this one is kind of the scariest because it death was kind of toying with all of them yeah 
like the lights are going out they're seeing shadows like it was honestly I'll still have to say to this day still one of the top 10 most suspenseful movies I've watched yeah yeah I can't throw it in the top 5 because it's hard for me to do those kind of things you know that but I would definitely put it in the top 10 yeah, I, I think it's super suspenseful. I like, there's a lot of things I like about this movie. One of the things I like is that you could like consider it kind of a standalone sequel, but also it does follow the other films. It is, you don't need to watch the first two, but having knowledge of it does help. And I love movies like that. I love that you don't necessarily need to have seen Final Destination 1 and 2 to completely under, because it gives you the context it needs in the movie. It explains what happened with Mm -hmm. Alex and stuff a little bit. But having seen it, you get that little edge up. It's like, oh, that's what he's fucking talking about with the plane crash and all that shit. So I I thought I, I liked that part of it. I think it, the archetypes of characters and like the, the kids are pretty funny. Uh, Frankie Cheeks is a standout. The fucking sleeve ball that just wants to that just wants to clap. Uh, I love who MCR. Just keeps graduating high school. Yes, who keeps gra- played by Sam Easton. I like who you, the the two people you call MCR. That's uh, Aaron and Ian. In misery business. Yeah, misery and the I two gothy kids. Yeah. I feel bad because of somebody in their name, especially because of the fact, I mean, I don't know what the McKinley kid did, but I do feel a little bit bad for saying that about Erin because she was in her own series called Incisar. She was kind of her own artist. So, I mean, I kind of feel bad Yeah. comparing her to Paramore. But, I mean, she, if you take a picture of old school Haley Williams back in that day and then a picture of her and you hold them together, you're not going to be able to tell which one's, which one's which. Very, very similar. I'd agree. And then as far as McKinley, like, he just, he really looked like Gerard Way from NCR. <laughs> That's where everyone got it from. That's why everyone started calling him that, because that's who he looked like. It looked like an emo kid. Aaron was in uh, that Instant Star show. Yeah, that's what I said. She was in Insta Star, and she was also in, which I don't know if we're ever going to review it on here, but she was also in one of my personal Dirty Pleasure favorites, which is uh, Devil's Diary. Yes. And she was in Smallville. And she was in Smallville, yes. So I'm sorry, Alex Johnson. You do have a really good resume. I shouldn't just call you a misery business, but <laughs> that's She's what you look like. She's a rock star. Uh, it, that's just what she looks like. Yeah, and she does, she plays. So I, I agree. Uh, so you got them two, you got Frankie Cheeks. <laughs> you, got, you got the boyfriend. You just like saying that so you can say cheeks. I love, I love saying Frankie cheeks. That's one of the best names ever. I I like that. Uh, or no, we we got Wendy Wendy's or Wendy, who is our prophet, that is played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She is the Alex, basically. She is the one with the vision. She she is the one that sees uh, the the roller coaster uh, crash coming, and. Uh, Warns everybody. Her boyfriend then, is Jason. Her boyfriend is Jason Weiss, played by Jesse Moss. And uh, Ryan Merriman's girlfriend is Carrie. And yes. then you have... And Carrie, Carrie and Jay and her were very close. And then Carrie started dating Kevin, played by your boy, Ryan Merriman. And that's when they all just kind of, like, got grouped together. But, like, the actress that plays Wendy says, like, a little bit down the line, like, we don't even like each other. Like, if it wasn't for you being fr- you being boyfriend-girlfriend with my best friend and me being boyfriend-girlfriend with your best friend, we would have never talked. Yeah, exactly. 
And, like, yeah, she was, a lot of people saw that as her being a bitch, but she just lost a lot of people that she loved. I don't think she was being a bitch. I just think she was kind of being practical. No, I agree. Because, like, when he, like, because he even gives the excuse that, because she was very apprehensive about going on this ride, and Jason had asked him to promise her, promise him that he was going to take care of her, and he did. And she was trying to get it through his head, like, yeah, for the ride, for three minutes. Yeah, not for the rest of our fucking life, you dickhead. Yeah, she's like, you don't have to keep, because at that point, he was low-key stalking her. But in the yeah. very beginning, in the very beginning, I mean, I know you love the dude, and he's a sweet boy in this and whatnot, but in the beginning, he was low-key stalking her ass. Well, I think he was just worried about her. He was scared. He was scared. Yeah. <laughs> he was scared. He was worried. So his girlfriend just got fucked, and he didn't know that she was going to break up with his ass because he was going to marry her. He was going to put a ring on her. But she, she was gonna fucking. Not if she broke up with them. They were gonna fucking. They were gonna do one of those things where he gets on his fucking knee and then she goes, "I think we should break up." And he's like, "I totally agree." Wait, what? <laughs> like that's okay. what that situation between the two of them struck struck me as. No, especially when he revealed that he wanted to propose to her. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, great! These two were doomed from the beginning." She was in love, but uh, and, and they make it. If you wanna, if you get the DVD and you wanna end the movie in the first fifteen fucking minutes, you can save that woman, and they can be happy. But, that is uh, true. I forgot about that. There's a couple other kids that get off the ride that we can't forget. Lewis, the football player, the guy that plays for state, the big bad. That uh, has one of the best lines in the movie at the funeral scene when he's like, "You, when I die, this shit's boring. Bury me with a PSP or something. It's still one of my favorite yeah. lines. It's so great. It's so natural, too. And, like, the thing that made me laugh the hardest about this, guys, is, like, a few frames before, he was in Ryan Merriman's face screaming at him because of Wendy. Yeah, during the ride. Freaking out, playing. being like, oh, yeah. being over dramatic, shut her the fuck up. And like, these two are at each other's fucking throats. Like, put, I believe one punched the other one. And then, like, you fast forward just like maybe five minutes, and she's telling them to bury him with a PSP. And it's like, wow, that's very high school. Yeah, because they were kind of friendly. Like that is a, yeah, that seemed like high school beef. And one moment they're in each other's face, and then one moment they're kind of joking with each other. I agree with you. I that kind of that was that those kids. Yeah. All of those kids did a really good job because they weren't kids; they were more so like young adults. But all of them did an amazing job of acting like teenagers. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's just the way I personally feel. Like, each and every one of them had their own personality. And honestly, like, this was the last one where I actually started rooting for everybody. Yeah. I mean, in the fourth one, I rooted for no one. And then in the fifth one, I only had a couple people that I rooted for. This one, I rooted for everyone. Well, even, yeah, and I, even Frankie Cheeks. Even Frankie Cheeks. And the thing is, is... What you could say, because you could say that this, a lot of the characters aren't likable, but they're fun. And there's like, even though Lewis is kind of an asshole, it's fun to see him getting all hyped up saying, fuck death, and fucking working out. Like, oh, And it's real. Bad. That's the thing. Yeah. It, it's just I like think we're character. able to see it more because yeah. we grew up in that era. But, yeah. I mean, that's, that's real. Like, the high school weight room with the boombox and shit. Like, that's... That, I remember that. It is like, real, but he, even the over-the-topness and even the shit is, that isn't real is so overacted and fun that it makes it work in the movie, and it makes it fun. And it it is kind of like, it, it shows you that high school experience, but it also shows, like, with a filter over it. It's not exactly, like, there there are girls kind of like Ashley and Ashley. 
<laughs> the two. Ashley and Ashlyn. We will. That's kind of what we're doing. The girl, um, with, the girl with blonde hair was Ashley. The girl with brown hair was Ashlyn. Yes, Ashlyn and Ashley. I mean, and, and they, if, he, if we sound, if we do say it quickly back to back, I will give it to you. It does sound like Ashley and Ashley. Yeah, and they're technically, well, while we're listening, they are our first death because we will go through each of the kills, but uh. Well, we'll get. Re- There's two mystery people on the on the ride. We'll get into it later because I guess that's what the twist with the movie. But Ashley yeah, and but, Ashley get fucked up at the tanning salon. But before they even do that, we gotta remember the biggest thing. While they were at the carnival, before Wendy freaked the fuck out and got people off the roller coaster, even though she failed to save her boyfriend and Ryan Merriman's girlfriend. Um. It was very creepy, very suspenseful, and I will have to say, as somebody who doesn't really like roller coasters, if you don't like roller coasters, the beginning of this is going to fuck you up. I mean, this this premonition by far, to me, personally, was the scariest. It was definitely the most detailed. Well, not the most detailed. Up to that point, it was the most detailed. The car crash is pretty yeah. detailed, but th- th- yeah. this was pretty like, yeah. It, it, when you're standing in line and when someone's like, oh, like the ride had to stop for a second, it makes you think of this movie and it makes you like, oh god, and, and that it does have that eerie feeling. And the crash, like James Wong did such a good job making that beginning, like you can tell a lot of that budget was on that beginning scene and making it look cool and people flying off and fucking getting killed by handlebars and shit. It, it, it was sick. Yeah, trying to stand up to save one another just to yeah. get impaled. It definitely it was, was it was It was really good. For the time, it was fucking amazing because it was like right before Saw came out or right after. So it was it was amazing. And to this day, I mean, when they're going up the hill and whatnot, I still get shiver, shivers down my spine. Because it's like, I know it's about to happen, but, like, at the time. Like, because every little thing they did added up to what was going to happen. And I think it was kind of butt cheeks, because Frankie Cheeks supposedly, I mean, Frankie Cheeks supposedly set the wheels off track with that damn video camera. What yeah, I would like to know cool. is how the fuck did it all still happen when no one had a camera? At that point, Wendy wasn't even on there with her camera. That's so I'm point. guessing Death figured out a different way. One of my complaints. One of the funniest things I've ever come up with watching this is actually courtesy of my fiance because he gets me to think of things like this, but I was watching this the other day with Daniel, and I look at him, and Ryan Merriman puts his hand in gum, and I look at Daniel, and I'm like, you know, it'd be really fucked up if they all survived, and this kid died from AIDS from chewing gum. That was funny. I very naturally didn't even think it through. Didn't have that little bit head go off saying, don't say it. Just did it. That was funny. But, I was yeah, so basically they all, some of them get off the ride. Wendy's able to save a few of them, like we said, like a couple surprises and then all the ones that Daniel's mentioned, but she's not able to save her best friend and her boyfriend. Boyfriend was trying so hard to get out of his seat to get to her, but yeah. he was locked in. And I don't know if y'all have ever been on a ride like that, but when the locks like push in, like it's a compression kind of deal. But you don't get unlocked until they hit that button. So since no one hit that button for him, he was stuck. And like even one of the ride attendants, I noticed this earlier today, one of the ride attendants did seem very hesitant of 
pushing the button and setting the thing back on course. Once Jason said, that's my girlfriend, he almost did let him out. But he listened to his boss because the boss was like the money-hungry money fucking mayor from Jaws. And basically manhandle this poor girl, throw her out, and while they're throwing her out, the fucking roller coaster is going haywire. Yeah, dude. And people are dying and shit anyway, and she's just like, Ugh. like the one thing I will say about this one is that it annoyed me a little bit that there was just no police. Yeah, but what are the cops? Do they need to be in every horror movie? Well, they don't have to be at every single Final Destination, Daniel, but you think they'd be there at a tragedy like that. I agree, but still. Like, bruh. <laughs> I mean, I get, I do get what you're saying because every other movie the cops are involved. So I do, I do get what you're, what you're saying with that. I'm yeah. just saying it would have made it a little more realistic. It would, but I do, I feel like their presence enough at the end at the carnival was enough, and them kind of holding Merriman back, at, like the security at the carnival. I thought that was enough, you know, like yeah. the, you kind of had authority figures there a little bit. But the rest of the movie, I was fine that it was just teenage. And you did get a lot of cops in between in the paramedics and them talking to Merriman and and uh, uh, and Wendy. They did have a couple scenes after the Frankie Cheeks death and, and where they're sitting there and the cops are like, are you guys okay to go home and shit? And it's like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, but, yeah, but they asked him, are you okay to go home? I mean, Alex Browning was caught coming out of his freaking teacher's house, and they were willing to prosecute him for murder. If anything, they just did it more subtle because if you noticed, after every death, when they kept, like, meeting up with the cops, the cops kind of looked at Merriman a little more. Like, like you would have a couple more scenes of a cop staring at Merriman to where it's like they think he might. They subtly, like, subtle kind of, like, had the cops in it to where it's like they think that Merriman might be the killer or something like that. And then that's kind of what foreshadowed the ending and why they were watching him at the carnival. So I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the low-key version of how they did that. Wasn't he part of security at the carnival? Yeah, he was. He, he was, was part still... of security, Sharon, but he wasn't a police officer. Okay. And when he started bothering Julie, people, the the Wendy sister. Uh, the, 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 the... Well, Surprise. I don't know why, but you you got to know that she's a character in the fucking movie before the twist even means something. I haven't said her name yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wendy's sister, Julie. Uh, but yeah, so who is an asshole? She she's an asshole. I don't like her. But. She snuck into grad night and whatnot and ended up being on the roller coaster, which we find out much much later. Before that, we're with Ashley and Ashlyn, and they're at the tanning salon trying to get themselves to their perfect bodies for their graduating classmates that won't have a graduation and that won't be able to say goodbye to their hotness. And she gets cooked. And they both get fried. I mean, honestly, though, they kind of sort of asked for it. This movie reminded me, this movie, I honestly had labeled it for a while called The Movie of Bad Decisions. Yeah. Because it really did show how every decision kind of bit them in the ass. Like, the two girls send the guy who run the tanning salon outside. He uses a tube of lotion to hold the door open, which a tube of lotion is only going to work so so far. Yeah. And that or so long. And that's what, that's what happened. But then the fucking dumbasses lock the front door because they don't want anybody coming in and seeing them naked. Now, how is someone going to come in and see you gals naked if you're in another fucking room with clamshells over you? That's a good point. That made no sense to me. 
Like you should have left the front door open if something fucking happened. Think with your brain, people. And they didn't. And they also brought drinks in with them, which that was forbidden as well. Again, bad idea. It wouldn't have fucking leaked onto the heating thing. So all of that really could have been very easily avoided. But as they're at the tanning salon, Wendy starts calling them because she's at home reviewing the photos that she took at grad night, and she sees the photo that she took of Ashley and Ashlyn after they won this inflatable beach thing. I think it was like a Bahama tree with sand or something. Yeah. And or a palm tree or something, and um, they uh, were holding it up and whatnot, and they looked like they were getting burnt. And when she saw the picture, she was like, oh, wait, aren't they going to the tanning salon? And, like, two and two clicked for her, and she tried to get a hold of them. I mean, unfortunately, she was too late, and those two are the most brutal kills of this film as far as I'm concerned because for me there's nothing more torturous as watching two young ladies get cooked from the inside out. Oh, I completely agree with you. This is but most, that's just this me. Is, this is one of the most brutal kills in the, the history of the franchise. I think this is on a lot of people's top ten list. This is one of the more memorable things in the in the movie. Uh, and this movie has a lot of good ones, but there's a lot of sudden ones and explosive. This one like has build up, uh, the, even though the timing of them listening to roller coaster of love makes them kind of shitty people. You just fucking yeah. witnessed. You just saw your friends die in a roller coaster crash. And now you're fucking roller coaster of love. It's like, come on. It's like you have better timing, but, uh, I thought, and, and the girls for, you know, and they're both still working. So I, I think they did a good job at, at I mean, just being uh, the archetypes that they needed to be, like dumb, like uh, popular girls. And they got barbecued, man. It was bad. Mm-hmm. And they were the dumb, sweet, popular girls. That's the thing. Because they, yeah. they even offered to take Wendy with them. And they're like, that was so nice of us. Yeah. So it's like they were kind of sweet, but they were really stupid. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then after those two, Wendy's freaking out a little bit. And um, Kevin, Ryan Merriman's character, like, explains to her, like, look, this happened before. Like, maybe not in the same way, but, like, six years ago, a bunch of kids got off the flight, flight 180, going to Paris because of this other kid saying that he had a premonition like you did, and then later on throughout the months after, they got killed in unforeseeable accidents. And he's like, and then a year after, there was a pileup on Highway 180. And he's like, so, I mean, there is contrast to what you are in continuity to what you're what you're saying, and like she kind of takes it and runs off with it, because he even tries to stop her and be like, "Hey, like I didn't mean to get your hopes up." Is yeah. something I said to calm you down, and um, she's not like that. No, she's like not. Nah, but we're in this because she likes to be in control. Yeah. And that's her whole thing. They, they touch on exactly. it about a thousand times throughout the movie. And they go to Kevin realizes that Miss Control Freak herself has not made sure that she's eaten. And so he takes her to a drive through where she notices that the word control on the menu is like disappearing. And she looks behind them and sees that there's, like, a runaway fucking 18-wheeler on the path. 
And not to mention, they had another delivery truck on the side of them blocking them in, getting way too close to their car. And they're trying to get out. I mean, the only reason those two made it is because your boy decided to knock out the uh, window shield with his uh, foot. Badass. And that's when Frankie Jakes yeah, if they had been a few seconds earlier, they may have been able to save Cheeks. <laughs> they could have saved Cheeks. And that's when that song plays. And that song, the, there is someone. There's someone run, walking there behind there you. It was kind of like, yeah, because like in the first one, you have uh, Rocky mm-hmm. Mountain High. Yeah, it was creepy. And then in the second one, you have Highway to Hell, which really wasn't that creepy. And then this one, you have this song, like there's someone walking behind you, take a look at me, and it's like, what the hell? Yeah. This is crazy. This is not okay. And like, the radio changes to that song, and it's like, oh my God. And like, they get out of the car at the last second, and they were trying to figure out who was next, and they find out that Cheeks is in the car in front of them. And he's no longer with us. And then at this point, they're like, all right, well, we need to check out everyone else's pictures and start warning people. Like, whether they want to believe us or not, it's our duty as people to, as good people to go and tell them what the fuck is going on. So they look at Lewis's picture, and Lewis's picture was of, him playing that game where you slam a mallet down and it rings up and rings a bell. And they find they see in his picture that there are a few clues that lead to him coming like face to face with like a sultan. And Wendy's confused at first, but Kevin's like, wait, no, he's at the Sultan's right now training. Yeah. He's in training camp, and they run over. Yeah, they run over to him, and of course he does not believe them. He is such an asshole. And this scene was also very suspenseful too, because it was like five minutes of look at everything that could go wrong in a weight room. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a water fountain. Let's make sure it squirts out water onto the exposed wire that's in the plug that's playing music. And it was just, it was very, very suspenseful. I felt horrible for Wendy. She wanted to cry. Because everywhere she looked, she saw something that was going to kill somebody. And Lewis ends up being cocky, which is, we find out in this movie, like, alone, more than any of them, this movie, the teenagers try to be very cocky and be like, I'm not dying today, I'm not dying today, and then Death just sneaks up on them and is like, hey, I wasn't actually going to kill you, but now I am, bitch. That's mm-hmm. what it seemed like to me with, with Lewis. And then now at this point, they're freaking the fuck out because there's these two other people that are on the roller coaster that they don't know who they are. So they go to MCR and Misery Business who are working late night at a hardware store. God, this movie is just filled with horrible things. And they're doing their jobs. They even have cute little nicknames for one another. And Wendy and Kevin show up and show them their picture. And, like, Aaron makes a joke, like, what, I'm going to overdose on nail polish and Ian's going to be embarrassed to death? (laughs) And, like, it's very, that's also very tension-filled scenario as well because, I mean, if you think about it, Death is haunting all four of these these teenagers, and they're in a hardware store. 
Yeah. Let's say you're inviting Jeffrey Dahmer out to dinner. That was worse than uh, the weight room. Oh, absolutely. It wasn't as bad as the hot tub, but it was worse than the weight room. And, and, and um, I, I like how all the kids told them to fuck <laughs> off. Because Wendy, like, Wendy and fucking Merriman are trying their ass off to, like, get people to fucking join their cause. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, eat a dick, bud. Yeah, like someone, someone needs to listen, listen to us, and they end up interfering with McKinley's death. So Aaron ends up fighting the dust instead. And poor thing, I mean, her death is beautiful, but poor thing. And yeah. then Ian becomes very, very obsessed with Wendy. Like you could see him in a couple of scenes, like in his car and stuff, watching her, and. Speaking of that song that we just referenced, he follows her to a fair where her sister is and Kevin is, and while she's driving, that song is playing. Yeah. So that's that's creepy. And she looks over the things again, looks over all the pictures again, and realizes that the young people that were in front of them was none other but her sister and her sister's friend. So that's why she went to the um, uh, and, You still there? Kevin's already there. You gotta fix the phone, Mindy. You're breaking up. Hello? Can you hear me? No, you broke up for the last. Now I can. Okay. Quit moving the... (laughs) Stay where you're I wasn't moving. That's the funny thing. Okay. Uh, But, uh, yeah, you started to... But, yeah, her and her friend were at the the place, Julie and her friend. Yeah, they were at the roller coaster, and then they were at the bicentennial. And Wendy's trying to get there, and Kevin is doing security, and McKinley is following Wendy, where we also hear that creepy song again. Because he's pissed that his girlfriend just got a nail gun to the face. Yeah, and he blames Wendy. Yeah, who wouldn't? And he... He follows them there and everything, and Julie, oh my goodness, she is such an asshole, but she does not deserve this. She gets taken for a ride by one of the horses, (laughs) and it's just, it's horribly awful, and for anybody that has long hair like myself, just makes them cringe. And um, it was very well done, and then they got her... Like, in the nick of time, they were able to cut her loose. And as she is crying, like, Wendy's trying to, like, get her to calm down so she can tell her who was next to her. And you see one of the friends get up, and it's like, oh, shit. (laughs) As soon as she she does, like, a random pull flings right through her, and it's like, I think it was that one. Yeah. So, and then at this point, like, they're all trying to get away. Kevin's fucked up. He had a kebab going off in his face. I mean, Julie's all fucked up. Wendy's all fucked up. And then all of a sudden, McKinley's there. And she said, come on, get away from me. Stay away from me. This will all be over if you just leave me alone. And he's like, wait a minute, did I cause your death? Like, you caused Aaron's? Yeah, he started to and, realize it. And then he goes off the deep end. He's like, all right, well, then let's set it off. And it's like, oh, you dumb shit. And then he got cocky again, which no one ever should, and got squished by a sign. And the one thing I like about the DVD feature is based on one of the decisions you can make, you can either have him get squished completely by the sign or it can squish half his body in the like in the theatrical cut, and half his body is like hanging off like from the sign, and you can see like his finger twitch and shit. I just thought that was a cool little yeah. thing. 
Oh, it is, absolutely. Um, and then it cuts to five months later, Wendy's in college, Kevin's off living his own life, and Julie's on her way to see Wendy. And Wendy's in a subway with her friend and her college uh, roommate. And yeah. as they're riding along, Wendy starts to get all of those feelings again like she was getting when she was having a premonition. So she starts to get very sketched. And then this random-ass guy starts to play that creepy-ass song again. And it's like, why did you not get off the damn train? <laughs> but as well, soon as that guy opened his Julie. mouth, yeah, that is true. She was trying to get off, and then she saw Julie. But, like, as soon as that man, like, uttered those words, and they went that very next step, I would have been, like, out. I would have been like, I know you guys don't want to walk, but I do. Bye. And like, (laughs) and just leave. Um, But yeah, so um, that was creepy. And then Julie met her and she's like, oh God, like, I just, I felt like I did when we were all together. And she's like, me, you and Kevin went over a thousand different scenarios. We're fine. It's over. We beat it. And it's like, oh, dear child, why did you say that? (laughs) Do not say that. You just fucked with death again. Because it seems like every time somebody fucks with death, that's what happens. Yeah. So it's like, just don't don't say it. Like, go ahead and live like you're invincible, but God forbid, don't say it. And... Kevin ended up being on the same train as them, and then Wendy has another premonition of them all dying. And then she tries to get off the train even harder when she real, when she comes to, and then she sees Julie and Kevin, and she's like, "Oh no!" And it just cuts to black. <laughs> So, very, very, very good movie. I mean, honestly, if you want a suspenseful movie that's going to make you, like, cringe and watch it through your fingers, I mean, I would definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah. I think this is one of the best Final Destinations. (laughs) I know you don't necessarily always agree. I think, by the way, the fact that we get two really good fucking, like, everybody dies, everything gets fucked up. Crash scenes as with the roller coaster in the train. I think we're spoiled in this one. Uh, I think there's several memorable... I think this, this might have the most memorable kills throughout the whole thing. Between the tanning thing, between Lewis getting his head fucking exploded in half like a watermelon, uh, between Aaron getting fucking nail-gunned back of the head through the face and the eyes and shit... This is a brutal movie, and uh, sometimes the characters are, like, two caricatures of, like, personalities and not really, like, enough, like, real people, but it's okay because they're just there to get fucked up, and watching and, and waiting... And also, like I said, though... Up. Go ahead. And like I said, though, they played... Every single one of them played their stereotypes extremely well. They did. I'm not taking anything. So they were all very likable. I mean, yeah, they weren't supposed to be likable. You weren't supposed to be rooting for them. But you kind of couldn't help it at the end of the day because, I mean, some of them you kind of felt bad for. Yeah. 100% I'd agree with you. I would agree. I mean, just like Jason, I felt terrible for Jason. Because after she started freaking out, he wanted off that ride, and they would not let him. That was on them. They should have paid for his funeral costs. Poor kid. (laughs) (laughs) Poor kid. And it's, I don't know. It's just, this movie, like I said, is the movie of the accidents. And honestly, as far as I'm concerned, it might not be my favorite, but it is the most suspenseful in the series. It is the most suspenseful. The lead-ups to a lot of the kills were really good. The stuff in the hardware store. Just the death. 
like even you said it was a little too much them at the funeral with uh, her and Merriman in the trees, like fucking like you're like, all right, death doesn't need to be a force like that. I like that. I thought it was cool that like death was like making fucking mother nature shake a little bit. And like, you could see like a wind go over them and shit. Like the fact that it was always following them. It was always chasing them. It was always on their minds. Well, it really said it was more of a this. force. Yeah. It was more yeah. like a force. It was more of a force this time than just something that they randomly picked off. Yeah. So like, it, it you really could tell like that it was going point. out of its way. Yeah. And just the premise of it and making it, and the fact that this is the third one, it's not really directly related to the other ones. It could have easily been shit, but this stayed fresh and fun enough and a really good movie. And even and if I like, think... it's not Citizen Kane, but it's still a fun movie. Well, I also think one of the main reasons why is because they kept it very short and sweet when it came to bringing up the other incidents. Yeah. Like, we didn't have another situation where we met up again with people that survived the instances. Because, honestly, we could have. Because in the second one, two people survived. The main girl and the sheriff. And the sheriff. So, I mean, honestly, they easily could have fell into that sequel stigma and brought those characters, those actors back and be like, all right, well, we're just going to, uh, Kimberly, that's her name. We're just going to follow Kimberly and Detective what's his name to just like see what's going on and whatnot. And they easily could have fell into that or brought them in like they brought in clear. In the second one. But I really liked how, and I think this really worked out for them, because I really liked how rely on the other movies that came before them to help them out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, they had a little sprinkling of the story in there and whatnot, but, I mean, other than that, like you said, I mean, they could easily, like, switch a couple scenes and make it into a different movie. Yeah. They they could have, and that's what made the direct, the Choose Your Own Adventure part of it cool. Like, you could save Frankie Cheeks. You could save fucking the boyfriend. You could sit, you could make different shit happen. You could make people die in different ways. That That was a cool little thing that they did there, and... Honestly, but I they still them... never had a scenario where Merriman died of the gum. No, they never had the AIDS deal. But uh, <laughs> I think that's okay. Sorry. Sorry, it's just out of everything else, like everyone else's backstory, like when we went through that YouTube video, like everyone was so complex and whatnot, and it's like. Kevin should have had a short and sweet backstory. He didn't die, and he died of AIDS from bubblegum. You're hilarious. All right, pick your favorite kill. We've gone an hour here. Oh, my God, we've gone an hour. Holy fuck. Um, Oh, my God, my favorite kill. Fuck, fuck. I can't say that it's a favorite kill because I don't necessarily like to watch it, but there's just something about the tanning bags with Ashley and Ashlyn that will always stick to my soul and hurt my brain. I agree. Every, every day from, like, ever now. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I mean, honestly, I wasn't fucked anyway because I can't go in a tanning salon. I've been refused service there far too many times because of how pale I am. But if I could go in a tanning salon, I wouldn't after this movie. Yeah, fuck that. A big fucking fuck to that. 
Uh, my yeah. favorite kill, I would probably have kill? to go Lewis in the head smash. I knew it. I knew it because you was on the meat room. Because like you said, the intensity of it and just the fuck that and him screaming and fucking merriment. Like, no, you got to take this seriously. And fucking Wendy, like they're pleading with him. He's like, ah, and the guys, the other guys in the way were like, ah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And then fucking boom. Yeah, they had that big bear in the fucking middle of it that they're punching, like, it and shit. And, like, you got the boombox sitting right next to the leaking water faucet. Yeah, it was just, it, it was a it was a cool scene. It was badass, and it ended sick. And then them just having the blood splatter on their face. Like, <gasps> it, was, it, it was cool. It's either, it's between that and Frankie Cheeks, because Frankie got fucked up from the back of the head. That was pretty, that was pretty gruesome in the drive-thru. I mean, God forbid, if that's the way I go, it's probably going to be in a drive-thru, too, but. uh, Well, no, someone beats it, you'd have moved, Daniel. Assess your, if you would have just assessed his environment for two motherfucking seconds instead of flipping people off, he would have made it out. Yeah, he would have, but he got selfish. He got but he didn't even take a chance to walk. It's his own fault, man. Yeah, it is because he didn't even. He didn't even. I know you're. I know you're humoring me at this point, Daniel. But it is. Because <laughs> he didn't. Because he flipped the other people off, and the amount of time that it took him to flip people off and order his burger, he could have gotten out of the way. You're right. He could have, but he didn't. And now I hope you enjoy that cheeseburger in hell, Frankie, because you're dead. So yeah, let's I move hope your on. cheeseburger tastes like cheeks. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it. Was a good movie altogether all because this is kind of a favorite of mine. I know nobody else would give this. I give it an eight point five. I love this fucking movie. I was gonna give it an eight out of ten because it's a fun one. It's a fun one. It might be kind of schlocky and really the base for 2000s horror, but I think it's a fun, good movie. Oh, God, it was so 2000s horror with the flip phones. It is. Oh, it's God. A, but it had a talented young cast. It did. I mean, and like I like I said, I mean, all of those young people, I mean, I don't know if it's because they were popular actors and actresses at their, name, at their time, and that's why you were so concerned for them and whatnot, but like, there was just something about this group of kids that made them likable. And you didn't want anything necessarily bad to happen. They weren't like assholes like Carter running over poor Billy in the street. Yeah, I'm with you. So, um, I believe next week we're going to be doing uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes, ma'am. Um, which will have Future Man star uh, Josh Hutchinson who has been in a few things, never really anything horror-related. So I'm interested to see how this is going to pan out, along with another little young girl. I don't know exactly who this actress is, but I've seen her performances in the trailers, and it looks like she's going to do a good job. And then what no one has seen in the theaters, which is... Well, in the uh, previews is Matthew Lillard will be coming into that movie. So, very excited, very hyped up to do that one. So, I'm going to give y'all a... All right, well, I'm going to give y'all a hoodie hoo Make sure y'all stay close to the TikTok and whatnot. I've been posting a lot of good, juicy stuff and whatnot. I actually just... Did a mini review earlier today on uh, the sixth Freddy, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, because I couldn't put Daniel through another bad Freddy movie, and it was awful. I gave it a three. So, yeah. Make sure you guys are checking those out, because, I mean, if I'm not working, I'm going to try to do at least three a day. If I am working, then I'll at least get out one. Okay. 
So sounds good. Make sure to keep following our shit. We love you, and Mindy, I'll see you next week. All right, see you next week, Daniel. Who do you guys have a scary week? Bye. Who do you?